Small group time is super powerful. Sometimes we get in a routine and oftentimes find it hard to deviate. So today I am sharing three things to stop doing during small group time. Now, when I stopped at these practices, I started seeing more growth and excitement amongst my readers. This episode is not meant to criticize, but more about sharing new perspectives to practices that are helpful for students. If you are ready to dive into what we should avoid doing during small groups, I will meet you inside. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Literacy Dive Podcast. I am so glad you are here today and thank you so much for being a listener. If you have not taken a moment to review this podcast and leave feedback, leave a rating, I would love it if you could do so. And while you're at it, make sure that you are following this podcast so that you're notified every time there is a new episode on Monday mornings. But for now, this is episode 99. I cannot believe it. Next week, we are actually going to be doing a fun celebration for the 100th episode of the Literacy Dive podcast. But for today, we are going to dive right into small groups and three things to consider not doing. The first thing that we should consider not doing is to stop reading a text only one time through. Now, so many times we tend to introduce a book, let students read it, and put that book right back on the shelf. I used to do this, but when I stopped doing it, and actually it happened by mistake, I had so many groups one year, and I planned a book, and then I actually brought that book back in, and I was all ready to go, and the kids were like, Miss Polk, we already read that book, and I had nothing else prepared. So we just went with it, we went through it, but I had a different lesson and a different skill that we were focusing on. And when I realized the effects of using that book for multiple reads, it stayed at the forefront of my mind. So just kind of by, you know, mistake, not recalling that I've already done a book, it was a powerful revelation to me that using a book multiple times is actually really, really good to use. So I wanna share some benefits to reading a text more than one time and being intentional with doing this. Now, the first thing is close reading. Students are gonna be able to see more by reading that text more than just one time that wasn't seen during that initial read. So we can now teach them that process of, now that we've read it through one time, we're gonna read it again and we're gonna try to look for something that we might not have recognized the first time through. It's similar to watching a movie more than one time. So we can do this with our text as well. I also love that when we can read a text more than one time, it teaches the skill of rereading, which is ultimately what we want our students to do, especially if your students are taking that test. You want them to reread the text and to be sure that they understand what they're reading before selecting the best answer. 
So if we are teaching this skill of rereading at the small group table, this is going to be a great, great way that it's going to transition to your students when they are reading independently or any time that they are not with you. Also, deeper comprehension. When we are not decoding words or solving the meaning of the text like we do that first read through, we can begin going deeper and discussing the text that we're reading on a whole new level that honestly can't really be done if we're just reading it for the first time. And lastly, what I really love is that we are able to focus our attention on other reading skills. Like I told you, by the mistake of me just planning a text and not realizing that the kids already read it. And I want to say that part of it, too, is that I switch my groups often depending on what they need and what skills they've mastered, what skills they've not mastered. And so sometimes those groups are not the same and they should not be the same if your students are growing in certain skills. So some of those students definitely did read that book, but I was able to show them that we can be able to read the same book and pull out other skills. So we can focus our attention on this. Skills like context clues, making connections, making inferences, all of those different skills that we don't want to just pile in in one specific read, you can be able to explore those elements of the text in a whole different realm since that initial read is already complete. The second thing that I want you to consider stop doing is to stop making students read silently during small group instruction. Now, when we think about older kids reading, we tend to let them read silently because we know that they probably have mastered decoding and they've mastered a lot of those beginning reading skills that we want to make sure they know how to do. And so we want them to read silently in their heads. But I like to reserve that practice of reading silently in their heads for times like independent reading when you really want to encourage the room to kind of be as quiet as possible, even if you do have students working on something at a level one voice, you kind of want that room to be quieter. And that's simply just to kind of eliminate as many distractions as possible. However, during small group, I give students plenty of opportunities to read aloud. And so there are benefits to having students reading aloud. And one of the benefits is that it places a focus on fluency. It's going to help you to identify if these students are reading different genres correctly, if they're reading like they're talking to a friend, and just recognizing that certain texts, the way that it's written, is going to have different ways that you have to read it. I'm thinking specifically, I've brought poetry into my small groups before, and reading poetry is very, very different than reading a fictional story or from reading a biography. So whenever it comes to fluency based on the genre, I want my students to read aloud so I can see, are they pausing at commas? Are they pausing when they see an ellipsis? Are they giving expression whenever they see that exclamation point? And so that takes us to the second part about reading aloud. Your students are going to be able to practice intonation and voice. Their voice can come through the text and you're going to be able to witness that as well as maybe one or two people that are around them that are listening. I also love having students read aloud to me or to a partner. So sometimes at the small group table, I will put students together and one can read one page, one can read another page. And it's not about round robin reading. But at this point, it is about reading to an audience and reading to merely hear the intonation and the expression. This does not have to be for the whole entire book. 
I might just say, you know what? We're going to start off. I want partner A. You're going to read the first two pages. Partner B, you're the second two, and then they're on their own. But there is a lot of benefit to having students read aloud, and this is something that you can bring into your small groups as long as you're intentional about the why behind it. And the last thing that I want to share about this is that you can catch any reading concerns or anything that's kind of like needing more practice if you can hear that they're reading it aloud. If they are reading silently in your head, you are not going to be able to catch what they're doing. So with hearing it aloud, whether it's at a whisper or at a level one, you can address those things with the student and you can allow peers to be able to learn alongside them by mentioning that as a teaching point. I know that during my small groups, it is a safe place. We are there to learn and we are there to bring attention to something that we can sometimes correct. And so this is a great place to do that, but you won't know it if you don't hear your students reading aloud. Hey teachers, I'm interrupting this episode for a quick moment because if you're listening to this podcast, then I'll bet you have students who dread writing time. Or maybe you are out of ideas, time, and energy when it comes to planning your writing block. You work so hard, so for once, give yourself the gift of having the planning done for you. My monthly writing prompts are trusted by hundreds of teachers and are a no-prep way to spark your students' interest in writing while highlighting special days that occur worldwide. The best part? There's a prompt for every single day of the year. Did I mention that it's already done for you? So what are you waiting for? Head to theliteracydive.com slash prompts to grab your year-long bundle of writing prompts. The last thing that I want to mention in this episode that we can stop doing is stop finishing every book you bring to the small group table. And right now I'm going to tell you this was an epiphany moment for me because I thought that every single book you had to finish and you don't. I can remember rushing through a lesson or cutting out my teaching points or trying to shave off the actual experience of reading because we desperately needed to finish the rest of the book before the next session and time we got together. And maybe some of you are shaking your heads and saying, oh yes, that's me too. I just remember it being super stressful. And honestly, the quality of my lesson turned into a lesser quality because I was so focused on quantity, how many books we could read during the week or during each session or during the school year, or how many pages we needed to finish before we moved on because that's what I prepped and planned for. So don't get me wrong. There are definitely times when you do need to finish reading the complete text. And if you are focusing on summary or sequencing events, or if you're reading a biography or teaching plot structure or story elements, or if you are making a prediction, you may need to finish the text to be able to effectively teach that skill and follow through. But there's also a lot of moments where finishing the text is really not necessary. And I realize that whenever I am bringing a text to my students, whether it's whole group or small group, 
if there is a part of that text that I want to use to be able to beautifully instruct and support a certain reading skill or strategy, that is the only thing that I'm paying attention to. And that's what keeps my mini lesson mini and whole group. And that's what also can keep your small group lessons small and mini during that quick teaching time that you have with your group. So there are benefits to leaving some books unfinished. One is that it's going to spark interest and buzz and it builds curiosity with your students. If they do not get to finish that book, you're going to get to see some of the students who are like, I want to know what happens next. And this is what books do to us. When we are reading the back of a book or we get to see a snippet, think about a movie preview. When you get to see a snippet, you get to decide if you want to finish it through. But then there's some books where because we are choosing them as a teacher, students might not be interested in it. And so therefore, if they choose to not finish that book and they want to abandon it, that's completely fine. That is their choice. And so I love that it can spark that interest and buzz around it. It builds curiosity, but also gives students a time to be able to do the lesson with me and then make the choice to finish it or not. It also brings less stress to my students because they're not stressing about finishing by a certain time, especially knowing if they are reading at their own pace or if they are doing some different strategies that we teach them that readers do. Then they're not stressing out, which is going to cause them to rush or cause them to skip over words or cause them to not do what I want them to do as a reader. But what I really love is that students can continue the work if they want to, and that's going to provide them with a text that they can read during independent reading time. So again, like I said, if they want to finish it, I will give it to them. And if they don't want to finish it, they leave it at the seat, at the table, and I can be able to take that and put it back in the bag and be ready to reshelve it once I get all the books back. I know that that text is going to be great for them and they can be able to practice doing the work, but it's not going to be unmanageable or anything that is going to be too hard for them. And so that is just another time where they can have the choice. I also love that leaving books unfinished, it really helps because you can truly begin using different texts for strategies and for learning opportunities. And that means that you're not going to always have to finish it, just like I mentioned for my whole group lessons. You can become more intentional with saying this text lends itself really, really well to looking at text features. So I just want to look at these four pages where there's text features because that is what I'm teaching. I'm not worried about all of the other skills right now. This one text lends itself beautifully to this. And so that is what I'm bringing this into my group for. So it's going to allow you to explore with a lot of different text. And that brings me to genres. When you are not stuck on finishing a book from start to finish, you actually can start bringing in more different genres and you can introduce how it works, what the flow is like, and it just brings exposure to your students. And again, they get the choice if they want to finish it or not. And lastly, and this is not like my favorite part of this, but when you leave books unfinished, then this allows you to focus on writing a little bit at your small group table. Kids can start making predictions, they can make inferences, they can finish the ending because they don't know what's going to happen, and then if they choose to read it, they can be able to check and see if it was right or not. And so when you're leaving the ending unknown, you can actually start bringing in some of these other skills like writing, and your students are not going to have as much pushback because they have no idea what is to come. So... Teaching small groups is such a necessary time of day. It's an important part of reading instruction, and it has to be done. 
But no matter what text you are using or what you're bringing to your table, you can still be very intentional of some things that we can stop doing. So as a quick recap, when you are developing stronger readers during your small group time, I just want to remind you of some considerations of things that you might decide, hey, I'm going to stop doing that today, and I want to let you know that it is okay. You do not have to read a piece of text only one time at the table. Read it multiple times to work on multiple skills. You do not have to make students read silently just because they are older. Having students whisper read or reading out loud is beneficial for fluency and for comprehension. And lastly, you do not have to finish every book you introduce to your students. Use those texts to highlight key reading skills or strategies and leave the text for students to finish if they are interested in doing so. Next week, we are going to be diving into some more small group talk, but we are also going to be celebrating the 100th episode of the Literacy Dive podcast. I have a super fun opportunity for each and every one of you. Be sure to tune in to the episode to hear more about how we are going to celebrate this incredible milestone together. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.